everybody and welcome to a Brock Lesnar rumbling long-term storyline building Japanese Kingdom of Wrestling episode of the Brothers of Discussion. We're going to talk everything from the most shocking entry into the 2020 Royal Rumble to the return of the world's largest athlete. That and much much more Matt. It's been a long time since we've recorded together. We had a lot of holiday specials. And yeah. Now the holidays are over, or are they just beginning? Because, Matt, we're on the road to WrestleMania. Matt, how are you? Um, I'm doing good. I'm, on, I'm always tired now. Tired is, is the standard. Tired's the new awake, and asleep is the new death. Matt, before we dive into a hot, tasty, spicy week of wrestling... Uh, where can the beautiful people find us? Uh, they can find us at BODpodcast.com uh, and brothersofdiscussion.com. You can go to uh, Twitter and find us as at BODpodcast. Um, find us on the Facebook group as Live Wrestling Discussion uh, via BODpodcast. Um, and Instagram, we are brothers underscore of underscore discussion. And then if you could, please follow us and share us and subscribe and and rate us and review us uh if you can on apple Podcasts, soundcloud google play we are everywhere that you can listen to podcasts uh so please uh give us a shout out and um if you haven't yet because uh these episodes are not rated highly right now uh please go back and listen to uh the i, I think probably the most amount of effort we put into any episode we've recorded it's uh, the two-part dissection of the last 10 years in pro wrestling as uh, we run down our top 10 lists of the decade-defining stories and moments in pro wrestling. Uh, not just defining the WWE, but all of pro wrestling, thanks to one moment or another. Uh, mostly WWE, though. Uh <laughs> But, uh, yeah, go check that out. We are also, if you're a fan of the uh, Detroit Red Wings, found on the Hockey Podcast Network as well. We are the uh, Discussion 5, of course, in reference to the Brothers of Discussion. Uh, so check that out. You can find us on Twitter as at uh, BOD Hockey if uh, you want to see that. Um, yeah, that's it. Let's talk some wrestling. It's been, uh, shoot, it's been like three weeks, right? Yeah, it's been forever. Yeah. My God. Matt, our favorite event is like two weeks away. Well, hold oh, on. Oh, shit. Is it? No, it's three One, weeks. One, two. Matt, it's like three weeks away. No, wait. No, we're it leaving. It is two weeks away. Yeah, we're yeah. leaving in two weeks. Oh, in my God. two weeks. <laughs> the Brothers of Discussion will be at the Royal Rumble match. That's actually, I'm glad you said that because I, I wanted to give that quick shout out. Find us uh, in the live wrestling discussion group for the for BODpodcast.com. That's how you can find it. Yeah. Um, we're putting no up excuses. the post. Yeah, we're we're looking for those. Uh, we're looking for the brothers of discussion meetup uh, to happen. And uh, so far, it looks like it's going to be a very small group. <laughs> two, we're gonna have uh, a sprinkling uh, of people. Yeah, two if not three. <laughs> two, uh, including you know that that's us. We're the two. Uh, so whoever else shows up, 
Uh, but yeah, we, we, we want to hang out. We want to talk wrestling and we'd, uh, love to you know especially being in in houston i think we get that extra hour so we can actually uh what the doors will open at like five and the show starts at six yeah starting at seven something like that um so yeah we can grab some beers at like three or four yeah get get rowdy get a little bit of the bubbly uh but yeah let's uh (laughs) let's start talking about this royal rumble the royal Uh, rumble is right around the corner and we have a couple people who entered but none bigger than what happened this past Monday, Matt. Brock Lesnar. That's right. Matt, (laughs) is it it worth a burp? Um, When you first heard this news, how, how, what kind of emotions are running through you? Because when I heard it, I said, oh, fuck. I guess we know who's going to win this year. Matt, your emotions. Uh, I think I tweeted out fuck with a Really? We we both owe fuck this one? Yeah. This, uh... Brock Lesnar being in the Royal Rumble, I don't get why we got so many clapbacks of how stupid we are for being disappointed by this. Um, Mike, I'm not one who says we need to see more Brock Lesnar. I, I, I want to jump into this. I don't know where this came from. This, uh, we've all wanted more Brock Lesnar, and now that we get him in the Royal Rumble, we're not happy. Um, I always thought the complaint was like, less Brock Lesnar like he's not here often so let's do even less like none right wasn't that the complaint it never was I want to see him every night I was under the impression that he was a special attraction so he's not there all the time he just shows up for the big pay-per-views he's his own separate you know it's like when you go to the circus he's the freak show so the freak show is not necessarily for everyone you know yeah. but some people really like the freak show so you have the regular circus and then you know there's the, the brock lesnar match you know uh for 10 minutes for the I, people who like that and now he's gonna be there under the big tent and he's gonna be in the you know my favorite event of the whole year and the likelihood of him you know coming out on top is uh pretty pretty strong yeah, I just, like, how do you go into this? You put him as number one. I First of all, I think they're booking this, and he's going to eliminate all 29 guys one by one. <laughs> I'm not, like, that is a thousand percent. Like the Royal Rumble, will, it'll kick off the show. It'll be the first thing. <laughs> it'll if, just stand uh, there and eliminate everyone. If that is the first match, I think we all know that's what's happening. Um which would be really that, cool, because I think the women's Royal Rumble now is the most interesting match. Now, the before we poo-poo it too much, there there are – what I think what makes us nervous is it feels like there's only a couple ways to write this, right? One is Brock just dominates all the way through. Boo. Another <laughs> one is he dominates for, like, ten people, um, you know, and then Alberto Del Rio, Rusev, uh, you know, the United Nations come out and beat him up, and then he comes back in at number, you know, 30, and then, you know, cleans house and wins. <laughs> yeah, who, was that Wade Barrett, Cesaro, Alberto Del Rio, and Rusev, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, you know, you know they what they did with Roman Reigns, and then, uh, what was it, 2016 or 17, he had to go coast to coast. Um but I mean, like, even it feels it like was, they're limiting themselves. If um, it was the OC, I still don't see that happening, and it's definitely not undisputed era that's walking out there <laughs> having their way with Brock Lesnar. <laughs> He's gonna toss all four of them out at once. Um, I but I think that 
where you want to try to be positive because i you know oh i know you God. and i have the Here same brain go. so we're both kind of like oh man this is gonna suck <laughs> um if somebody can eliminate him they're i i think they're just gonna be the crowd's gonna be elated elated um what's great about this match matt is that they're protecting people like daniel bryan they're protecting people like the fiend like they're they're not even going to be a part of it they're going to have their own match they're not going to be victim to this uh you know the brock squash rumble but matt who knows you know maybe this is how keith lee gets his shot um maybe my god this is how they they change roman reigns from like a um you know kind of a gray chant to a everybody's forum chant because he's going to eliminate the beast. Um, Cause I think that's kind of the general consensus where people, they appreciate Paul Heyman. They know what they're, you know, WWE is trying to, how they use Brock Lesnar is like a, um, you know, they, they, they understand his role as like a, a dominating monster. Um, but if somebody can eliminate that monster, I, I feel like that would be a real wasted opportunity to not have somebody eliminate Brock. I, so yeah, I think it's just that there's an would. exciting opportunity here. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it absolutely would be a wasted opportunity. And I think I, I, whoever was uh, clapping back at us first on uh, Twitter, um, you know, they said there's, there's a ton of opportunity. And I said, oh, absolutely there is. And how many times have we said that before? And how many times, Mike, have you and I gone to the Royal Rumble and walked away super disappointed? Uh, I would say the first four Royal Rumbles that we attended, uh, four in a row, we were pretty sad. Uh, a lot of Roman Reigns, some Triple H, a Batista. We didn't uh, get to see Becky Lynch, though. That was pretty cool. Yeah. We we got – last year was pretty great. And that's that's the other thing, too. Aren't, aren't we supposed to get kind of screwed? <laughs> like, WWE's got to pay us back. Yeah. You know, it's like uh, WWE treats the Royal Rumbles like those scratch-off winners where, like – you win your first one and then you're like, Ooh, I'll just keep playing. And you'll lose like 15 times in a row. And you're like, Oh, I'll get them next time. And then you went on 16. I was like, see, I was right. And then you were wrong 15 times in a row. Um, so we just got our second scratch off winner last year. I, whew, it doesn't bode well for us this year. It smells like a Charlotte flair and like a Brock Lesnar win. Woo. Woo. Oh, no, our only hope is Nia Jax coming in. Um, I think that she's uh, – we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. But, um, Matt, so there's possibilities out there for Brock. I haven't looked at Vegas for the, the gambling odds yet, but you got to think he's the favorite, right? I mean, unless the Fiend throws his head in there and he comes in at number 30. I'm, I mean, yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, the, he's the favorite. I mean, that's uh... – I don't know. How, 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 how deep do you dissect this? Right. It's just, it's, it, I, it makes I, no I, sense I, for him not to, to win this because why would you book him in it? I, I don't see, I mean, what is the undertaker going to come out and we got to watch that bullshit again? Uh, Goldberg. I, I don't, I don't well, get let's it. Say, let's look at it this way. Like Brock is, I know we, I, maybe that analogy I made about the circus wasn't that great because when it comes to WrestleMania season, WWE likes having their transcendent superstars, guys who are stars outside of just wrestling. Okay, he's a UFC guy. All right. If you're going to have Brock win, 
I don't think that that is going to be the loudest possible reaction, which I think works in our favor. Because that's usually what they go for at the Rumble, right? Yay or nay, loudest reaction. So. I don't know. Wait, wait. you mean they purposefully make Batista the winner because they thought he was going to get booed? I don't think they thought he was going to get booed, but I think yeah. they thought, yay, we brought Batista back. He's our conquering hero. Everybody loves well, Batista. He's a legend. Yeah, then I, I'd argue that they, they always think they're doing the right thing, but they're not always doing the right thing. So that's, yeah, they're, they're think 100%. They do think that they are doing the right thing, but I, I think we've seen too often. So I, I'm going to say I disagree with, with that statement because for sure, I... If I worked there, I would probably strive to put out the best match. I wouldn't sit there and go, this is dog shit. Send it on through. <laughs> I, just, I uh, never said it was dog shit. I said no, that they're going to just try to get the, the best reaction. Or not the best reaction, the loudest reaction. I, I mean, I, I guess my point is, like, of course. Like, that's what they think going in. Yeah, but I... I so I, I don't think that they've necessarily been too wrong because I, I think that overall we've gotten kind of the loudest reactions um so if you're gonna build a brock lesnar this is the road to wrestlemania this is how they sell it if you had to i'm giving you no time to prep for this you got to pick somebody realistic you know i don't want i don't want orange cassidy out there even though that would be a hell of a choice um can we make that happen i don't know we got to get the lawyers in here matt you're going to pick one guy to build the road to WrestleMania. And you're going to have them eliminate the beast who's defending his belt. I guess we, we haven't officially announced that he's defending his belt in the Royal rumble. I don't think he is. Yeah, but he can't, is he going to fight himself? No, he would challenge uh, Bray Wyatt. Oh he didn't God. enter. He didn't enter the Royal rumble just to prove a point. <laughs> he's, He's try they're trying to do like dual champions, I think. Oh no. I think they watched Wrestle Kingdom and they're like, Whoa, it would be pretty sweet if we had two champions go at it at the end of the night. <laughs> <laughs> this is great. We'll have Brock, it'll beat him, and it'll be just like Japan. And then at the end, Brock can turn to the Fiend and go, Sayonara. <laughs> I'm learning Japanese. That means goodbye. <laughs> anyway, so Matt, your prediction is Brock. Does not put his belt on the line. Wins the rumble. Challenges the fiend. Unmasks the fiend. Pants is the fiend. Yeah. Bum rushes him and becomes universal multiverse champion of wrestling. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Wow. I uh, I gotta I gotta say I I there's uh, that's probably gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if I'm gonna try and pick somebody though. I... God, that's the only person he hasn't fought. Wait, so you're talking about somebody taking the belt from him? Yeah, if we end up finding out, he does put the belt on the line. I mean, you know, you've got Daniel Bryan already eating up some some time with The Fiend. I I think he's got uh, a lot of the star power. I don't think, you know, Seth Rollins doesn't make sense. Roman Reigns makes sense for the WWE. And, of course, I want Drew McIntyre. So... It's uh, you know, it's there's a lot of different answers to throw out there depending on which flavor you'd like. Do you want the WWE answer? Do you want Matt's favorite? <laughs> Would you like one that makes zero sense? 
because Adam Cole, I think, uh, will be ready to go. <laughs> oh my gosh! No, that's I don't. I don't see Bobby that Lashley. Wait, I think no, uh, Matt Riddle. There you go. Oh, I think uh, you know we're going to be talking about WWE in a, in a second here, and I, I gotta let's just do it right now because I think we only have really one real fresh opportunity for WrestleMania. It's our only chance. This is our Obi Wan Kenobi. Matt, it's got to be Drew McIntyre. Um, I think that before these past couple weeks, before the news of Brock entering the Rumble. Um, before McIntyre's uh, match this past Monday, I think I was uh, I would have been a lot more skeptical. And I've just you know they haven't really kicked the tires on this car yet. They're just they're letting them sit in neutral. But something happened on Monday, Matt. Something oh, happened the, where McIntyre had that crowd. One, two, three. Yeah, they were dying. Or three, two, one. Yeah, they were dying for McIntyre. Um, I what the hell happened? It sounded like there were 20,000 Matt Clinks. Nothing happened. He's been this hot since day one. What are you talking about? He's the number one superstar in the WWE. I know, but he's a heel. He destroyed destroyed a poor man dressed as a a hamburger. He beat up No Way Jose, um, and the crowd loved it. They gave him, like, the Braun Strowman treatment when Braun Strowman was hot. This is uh, (laughs) – Matt, is this real? I mean, I think I think I watched it. Yeah, this is. I mean, it's good news for me. I just like I can't be happy about anything when it comes to this. <laughs> I know what you're doing. I know you want me to get super stoked, but I watch that, and all I think is, oh, great! Now he's ready for an intercontinental title run, and he'll fight Dolph Ziggler, and they'll they'll argue about you know a year ago about how they were buddies, and or two years ago, Jesus. Um, I, I can't get excited. I can't. I, it's my, of course, Mike, of course I want Drew McIntyre to win. Of course I want him to dethrone the beast. It's not going to happen. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm trying not to get too ahead of myself, but if the guy's going to have a three, two, one gimmick with the Royal rumble right around the corner, he's, they're letting him pad his stats again against, uh, jobbers. I don't think we really have a, a real contender to win the Royal Rumble right now outside of Brock. And it's not usually the most obvious guy. Um, I, I, I don't think that you are placing too rough a bet if you're putting money on McIntyre right now. I think, I think if they had laid some more groundwork on McIntyre really wanting to go after Brock, where now he just kind of wants to beat the crap out of the, the guys at the bottom of the roster. Um, I don't know. That's, that's where I feel like he's still a ways from their storyline. I think he was ready to win that title two years ago when he came up with Ziggler. I think he shouldn't have been wasted away, uh, wasting away with those tag titles. Should have been winning Universal Championships and WWE Championships left and right. He should be... Your dual champion. He should have been for the last two years, but he's not. Well, I, I just I can't, I I can't see... change the past. I'm sorry. I'm just saying that if if you're gonna pull the trigger, you know we Absolutely. don't really have a contender. He's getting a push right now. He looks good. It's not just um, you know wins and losses. The crowd's actually Absolutely. behind him mid match. I, I I think there's a little proof in that pudding. You're, you're asking too much of the number one McIntyre fan in the world. 
Mike, I just need to see him having fun on Mondays at this point. I have totally pulled back like what I expect out of what 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 is Matt gonna get out of a Drew back entire career? Um, you know, it's if he's smiling and he he's showing us he knows how to count. I love it. I, he's having a good time out there. We're responding. How great is that? We responded to him. He said, "Do you want me to hit No Way Jose again?" And everybody said, "Yeah." And of course, I was on my couch yelling, "Yeah!" and jumping up and down. <laughs> I, Mike, I have been hurt too many times to sit what? here and go through another Royal Rumble. This will be the third Royal Rumble now that I'm saying Drew McIntyre has a shot to win. Third in a row. Why? Why is this any better than all the other times that he's been dominant going into the Royal Rumble? Well, I think it's, I think the reason it's a little bit different. Um, no, I guess this is only two. Rumbles. Yeah. I would just say, yeah. I think it's just a little bit different because you know, they're trying to pivot away from Seth Rollins and try to rebuild him a little bit. Um, so you're saying so there's just not enough talent, <laughs> legitimate no. talent. Then now No, you know, I'm just saying that, you know, Kevin Owens is kind of pivoting away. Rollins is pivoting away. AJ's kind of pivoting away. Orton's kind of pivoting away. Cena's not in the company anymore. Um, and you have this golden opportunity to build a star right now with Brock. So you know Brock's in the Rumble. You know the stack, the 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 odds are stacked against him because he's coming in at number one. Everybody's going to be gunning for Brock. Um, he's going to be taking a lot of punishment. He's going to get a lot of eliminations, but I don't think he's going to win. I I think that he's just up there to really like tip the scales to to make it seem like insurmountable odds. And whoever eliminates Brock is just going to be on a on a pedestal. And I, I think if they want to start building some more stars, they they can't waste this opportunity. And if you're going to give it to somebody, give it to somebody the crowd is organically behind, somebody who can legitimately, you know, look like they can defeat Brock. Somebody fresh. And Absolutely. yeah, no, do it. Yeah, I'm on board. <laughs> I, want I, I would put money behind it. <laughs> When they when they announced Brock, so I, like at first I was bummed, but now I'm kind of like, well, you know, when they did that with like Stone Cold, when they right. did it with Roman Reigns, think, uh, think about... the same storyline, you know, they they didn't let that guy win. Yeah, it's a little different though, right? Like, I... it is identical. It's a little different. I think they they kind of went in going like, yeah, here's our solution for Roman, and you know, we I can't believe the really... writers' room is let's put Brock in there, and everybody just put their feet on the desk, knowing Brock was going to eliminate you know two to thirty. It's not going to happen. It just wouldn't be a good story. I no, I I Mike, I hate this idea. I there's nothing good about it, and I can't believe that they're putting Brock Lesnar in. Well, Drew McIntyre is taking he, down No Way Jose on no. Monday Night Raw. And, and then all of a sudden, Drew McIntyre is going to eliminate Brock Lesnar. It's not leading in that direction. He would, he would be taking down the top guys on the roster if it was actually... I, there's like, still time, man. He's got time to build that up. Um, you know, we still got a couple Raws left. I, I just think that... Brock is in there to get knocked down. Why? Because last year, I think last year when Rollins won, it was kind of a like people were happy, but they weren't ecstatic. 
because it, it didn't really feel like he had a real, you know, feud to go against. You know, he just they kind of put Strowman in there and nobody was really rooting, you know, for or against Strowman. He's just kind of there and you're just, you know, hoping that the giant doesn't win because he's already got, you know, a size advantage. So it was just kind of, well, you know, this is over now, but now, now there's a real rooting interest. I think that's what they're trying to do is give you somebody to boo. Somebody who's going to be dominant, um, you know, a known entity. So I, I think that he's just in there as, um, um, as an obstacle he's he's a giant obstacle that's what he is i think this is a positive i mike like i'll say it a million times i am all for it i've been begging for it for two years now um i just don't see no way jose's defeat i'm surprised that you are at having this stance because the year when um we thought bray or randy orton were gonna win and uh Roman Reigns came in at number 30. You were the first one to say he's just in there to get booze. Like he's there to, you know, support the Randy Orton victory. That's that's what this looks like. I, I think Brock's in there to be that Roman Reigns spot where people kind of boo and they're sick of him and he just dominates a lot and it's going to frustrate people and they're, you know, he's going to have them angry. So then, gonna, you know, you have that opportunity for the big payoff. I, I think I think we're a in a good spot. situation. Um, it's a completely different situation. We're, we're talking about Brock Lesnar, the guy who barely shows up. So he's going to show up to the Royal Rumble. Like, yeah, Roman Reigns is put in there and he doesn't hold a title. And there, it doesn't look like they're trying to build up a, a dual champion kind of setup for WrestleMania. Of course, you know, of course, Roman's in there to help us cheer for Randy Orton. And the the Brock Lesnar thing just kind of looks like this is turning into Brock Lesnar's match. It's like his thing now. It's it's, it's going to be. Of course, it's not interesting for him to go uh, sit sit in the ring and wait a minute after he eliminates a guy in you know thirty seconds. Um, I think once it got pretty deep, that that might be interesting. That's a whole nother conversation. Um, but I. I don't know. I can't, I can't figure out why all of a sudden this is happening without, maybe that's my problem. Maybe if we take a step back, the real problem goes back to like, you know, fucking up the fiend. Um, like it, it's just the groundwork isn't being laid anymore. It's just this like, Oh, okay. Just do it. Oh God. Like, where did this come from? We still don't even know, like, you, the two of us don't even know what's going on. So that's a whole nother reason not to believe that there's any sort of direction with this plan, but to sell more Royal Rumble tickets. Like, isn't that, shouldn't that be the heart of our conversation, really? How do we not know if this title's on, on, on the line? I think they left it open, or in the air, because they don't know yet either. Right? I... I, I... Uh, maybe I, I think that it's tough because I, I know I always want you know immediate I want answers I want to know what's going on I want you know immediate um, but this this isn't like uh let let you know like there's there's some sort of story or idea behind them not giving us that information right all you got to do is say it Brack Lesnar he's so dominant that he's gonna put 
this title on the line at the Royal Rumble just to make things more interesting for the rest of you. I, I mean, like, we got three weeks. We don't need to retread. You know, we can we so can explore that. Have a segment the, where, we can hold on, hold on, hold on there, Matt. Jesus, we don't have to have the whole story on the ninth. We can stretch it out to the sixteenth, the twenty-third. I'm okay adding wrinkles. I'm okay with it being in the air today. (sighs) Mike, to me, it reeks of them having no idea what they're doing. And we've seen it before. So I don't have, I I don't know why this would be the one where it's like, nope. They've got this one figured out, ladies and gentlemen. They finally, uh, hear me out. When they put in the WWE champion into the Royal Rumble, Tapping my forehead, that you know, tapping the side of my head here. They've got it figured out now. I just don't. None of this adds up. We we know we can't trust them with the Royal Rumble. We know we can't trust them at all with like long long term storyline thinking, which I know you want to go into, but uh, you know, we'll we'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, what? And then I guess my argument is that there really isn't any story here. So all of it just kind of reeks of like the same old, same old. Of like, let's sell more Rumble tickets. We don't really know what's going on yet. Let's reserve some information because we might want to have the title on the line. We might not. Maybe there's an injury, so we totally aren't sure. Yeah, I, I'm just, I'm not being that pessimistic about it. I, I think that there's... I know you're not, but I'm there's... saying the evidence is there. I mean, when when Nakamura, when Nakamura won the Rumble, I, I don't think that there's this huge buildup of him, you know, clobbering all the best and brightest of WWE, and we knew it was this big culmination. It was just kind of, he's floating around, and he ended up there, and all of a sudden, he's out there, he's, we were all Wait, singing his song, and, uh, you know, he ended up winning. So, who? Nakamura? Oh, but I, no, come on. I picked Nakamura, like, two months before the Rumble started because of the push he was getting. Yeah, I, I just, <laughs> he wasn't doing what you're saying, though. He wasn't beating all the best and brightest in WWE. Like, he, you know, he got called up, and he was, you know, fighting Dolph Ziggler. Uh, you know, he wasn't lighting the world on fire, and all of a sudden, he's in the Rumble, and he was doing well, and then he was in the bottom four, and, you know, there we had history. I mean, I'll... I'll... Take your word for it. I don't really remember every single match, but I, I, I will say I know we have it on record because this was right when the show started that I picked Nakamura for some reason, and I got to believe there was something there for me to pick him two months ahead of time. Yeah, we did it because uh, of his NXT stuff, but in WWE, he wasn't you know, getting you know, these outstanding feuds leading up to the Rumble. He's just kind of having short one-offs with you know, Ziggler. I don't know. I don't know if that's fair. Like... It had been a while since the call-up, because wasn't it WrestleMania you got called up? I'm just going to say, I'll take your word for it on that. I just, it's, it's, hard, it's hard to believe that there wasn't anything going on on the main roster. Because I'm not, and last year we both picked Seth Rollins, and I'm not sitting here looking at it right now going anything but Brock Lesnar. Um, and I'm, I don't know, I, you know, you know I, I want Drew McIntyre to win. Why would I be pushing against it? I'm just... I, I I don't see the same things that I, I – I just see the same old McIntyre. He's been dominant before. He's gotten cheers before. It's not the first time he's gotten cheers. So I just – I can't – I can't be optimistic about something that's let me down 
way too many times. Well, let me do this then, because we got to close this and move on. We, we're going to have to cut a lot of topics today, but Matt, if you, uh, you know, uh, pile driver to your head, set a gun to your head, pile driver to your head. Are you taking Brock or the field? I think I'd take the field just because I know how statistics work. <laughs> And there you go. Matt, uh, speaking of statistics, uh, the biggest man, the biggest uh, wrestler, the biggest athlete, world's largest athlete, came back on Monday. It was actually a legitimate kind of surprise pop. Even I went, ooh. Uh, yeah, he tagged in with Samoa Joe and KO. Um, I, I liked it for two reasons. One, um, it was a real surprise. I don't think anyone saw a big show coming out there. I think we all thought it was Strowman or Roman, you know, somebody along those lines. Um, and based on recent precedent where WWE started to emphasize, like, let's put the young guys in the rumble. We got like 90 guys on the, on the roster. Why are we putting these legends in there to see them in there for 60 seconds and they get eliminated? <laughs> so I like this move because, you know, it just gets show on TV. He got to, you know, put out all the greatest hits. Um, and, you know, it doesn't mean we have – it means we don't have to necessarily waste a, a you know, Royal Rumble spot on him. Because he's not going to win. You know, he'd just be out there to be a prop. You know, like a big guy, whoa, can Brock Lesnar eliminate a 500-pound man? Whoa, <laughs> there goes the big show. I guess he can, you know. Here comes Adam Cole. Here comes an 80-pound man. Can he? Oh, oh, there goes Adam Cole in half a second. Sets the new record for quickest elimination. Um, so I'm happy. I, I was happy to see show, and it made me happy with the rumble around the corner, knowing that we're doing this now instead of in, you know, two weekends. Yeah, I I, um, I don't know. I, I, I think he, yeah, he's definitely going to be in the rumble now, right? Um, Damn it. I thought that many wasn't going to be there. Yeah, I, I think he's totally going to be in it. I think that's one of those things is there. I, I kind of like that it's not our surprise entrant. Like, this was a much better way to bring Big Show back for, you know, however short this stint will be. I'm not going to say however long. I'm going to say however short the stint's going to be. Just get it out of the way. No, um, and, and I, I, don't, I don't hate. <laughs> I, I didn't hate this at all. I, I loved it. I had the same kind of reaction. Um but yeah, I, I see it as going to the Royal Rumble. Um, but yeah, it's fun. It's funsies. Yeah, uh, we got some a little fun one out of the way, and then one I, I hadn't read about until you brought it up was uh, Kenny Omega response to uh, what we thought was well deserved criticism of the women's division. Uh, but Matt, you want to let us know what uh, Omega thought here? Yeah, I, I today he made this post about I don't do social media but here I am. Let's do a quick Q and a. And I just thought like, shut the fuck up. Just stop acting. Did like you want to send the, the, the gif of him doing the thumbs up kid on the computer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't hate Kenny Omega, but I mean, come on, just say you're doing a Q and a, so you don't have to act like, Oh, I'm so above social media before I do this Q and a. Um, but here, you know, uh, he opens it up to, to everybody. He also said this thing about, don't be a troll because I won't answer your question of, come on, like you're going to get questions from trolls. Just ignore it. Don't make an announcement. I mean, are we really, is it really that hard to just scroll past it? 
Um, Jesus. Anyway, lately, so this is what Kenny said. Um, Lately, most criticisms I read are incredibly ignorant. Uh, Depressing. I guess he means it is depressing the number of fans that have absolutely no class. That being said, I do try to sift through those to get to the actual constructive criticism. So this is the first note on the uh, women's division and how fans feel about it. I don't know if it is incredibly ignorant for our first criticism to be, why is there this tiny, oh, look at the cute little lady's belt. Oh, look at that. No, give it a real size belt. Don't do this bullshit where you're like, well, they can't have a, a man-sized belt. That's criticism number one. That, on their side, to not understand why that is belittling, ignorant on their part. So, number one, just don't say that we're being ignorant for stuff that we're saying. Uh, the critiquing. Uh, and he, he's specifically saying that the criticisms are ignorant. He's not saying that there's idiots out there going like, why do they have a women's division? That would be ignorant, right? No, we're asking for a better women's division, right? Isn't that the critique? Yeah, what was the next thing he said? Because I think that really connects what you're saying. <laughs> um, here we go. Uh, another fan uh, f- uh, felt like AW failed to make uh, their women's division mean something last year. Uh, Kenny said, we've had fantastic performances from our women that had our arenas shaking. Literally the loudest reactions on the show at times. Where was the failure? What were you hoping to see? Well, there it is again. Uh, ignorant Kenny Omega <laughs> to the, um, the the bigger picture here of not just going, hey, um, they're putting on great matches. Maybe we should give them more promo segments. Um, maybe or we shouldn't a, have... How about, a, how about a single promo segment? <laughs> Well, I was going to say, Brandy Rhodes gets to do all of the women's uh, promo segments. And oh, that's true. I don't understand why, because she's terrible. So, if we're going to have someone go out there that's terrible... That's, that's incredibly have, ignorant, Matt. Why don't we have the wrestlers actually have a conversation and tell us about their story? And again, Mike, I don't care what language it's in. Uh, I think you and I have proved over the last two years of our existence... Uh, that we are super huge fans, or at least have always wanted to see more Japanese promos. Um, so far, Asuka and Becky Lynch are fucking nailing it, and that's how it's done. Uh, so go ahead. If communicate, if the communication barrier is the problem, then you have to leave that part of the fan base behind and side with storyline. Yeah, side I, I with mean emotion. Uh, Kenny Omega has never sounded more tone deaf. Uh, it's like he just, you know, it's like a trigger reaction where he heard criticism, women's wrestling, and he's like, women are great! Listen to them wrestle! It's like, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know they have a match. I know they have a match. But what we're saying is that you can, you know, give them a storyline. I mean, your own freaking boss who put the AEW together uh, seems to be acknowledging that. So I, I just wouldn't have that that trigger reaction and uh, and to touch on what you're saying with I don't care what language they speak just let them talk that's what wrestling is it's a story um I, one of the biggest movies of the year was parasite how much english was in that none <laughs> we're fine with subtitles i i mean <laughs> it's it's the story that matters like i, I we're fine we're we're getting there i know that previous generations i think kind of kept that stuff at arm's length but kenny omega 
the guy who lives and dies with uh, anime, uh, his whole culture is Japanese. I, you know, I, I think this could definitely be an opportunity to really for AEW to set themselves apart and embrace that. Like, not be afraid. Like, have interpreters, have subtitles. Um, I, we're so accepting and wanting of that Japanese culture. Uh, that's why all our favorite movies are Japan. You know, uh, if they're not Japanese, they take place in the quote-unquote future, and all they do is shoot them in contemporary Tokyo. You know what I mean? Like that's yeah. the future. Um, so I, I think he's definitely I, probably had too many instances where I can understand with people saying negative comments, and he just, you know, it's just this quick reaction, just off the hip. I don't even think he's really taken time to read the question. He's wrong in this instance, but he probably got there from, you know, snarky, dumb fans. Um, but overall, he he's missing the mark on this. Uh, Matt, again, this is one of my favorite things to do because of how not just how quickly you do it, how but how usually you're you're on the money. Matt Kenny Omega asked, "Where was the failure? What were you hoping to see? You've had no preparation. It's not in the notes, Matt." Where was the failure? What were you hoping to see from the women's division? I thought we just said it. Am I? I want you to officially say it. Okay. <clears throat> uh, the failure was saying that this is a women's division and not a division of pro wrestlers in your ranks. How's that sound? You okay. labeled it and then changed the way you were going to book it. Um, That's and pretty then good. What do, we, what do we want? Um, right. Or what are we hoping to see? Promos, uh, more than one segment, and um, I don't know. How about you know? It's, instead of like what happened with this nightmare collective, um, maybe if it looks like it's going to be a good match, let it be a good match. And if it <laughs> deserves to be distracted and completely overbooked, um, you know, do it at that point. Uh, I just, I don't know. Uh, we we know nothing about you know what? Let me back up. Let's give somebody else a character. Let's do that. Let's do one more character besides Brandy. Uh, I know that Brandy is Cody's wife. Awesome Kong is leaning on something she did twenty years ago, and there's a dentist. I don't really know the other characters. And that's a failure on their part. So yeah, they're just like, oh, I'm I'm a good wrestler. And and actually, <laughs> I would like to see Kenny Omega show more of a character than just you know I you know what what you said before. To me, the Kenny Omega character is like he is uh, uh, an anime fan, a video game fan. So he's kind of just this representative of wrestling fans. But he's just the guy that has the athleticism to pull it off. <laughs> um, but besides that, like, we don't get a lot of Kenny Omega character, right? He's kind of, um, he's kind of plain, kind of like how Roman Reigns is kind of plain. Like, there isn't, like, too much definition to this character right now. He's just kind of always having fun when he comes out there. He's with his buddies of the elite kind of thing even when he went up against uh moxley i think he got pretty angry but then they would immediately go to blows instead of like yeah i mean they emotion. have characters on the show you know they have moxley's a character jericho's a character cody's a character um mjf huge character 
Um, and it's just weird that I, I still don't really know anything about Omega. I feel like I know as much about him before I started watching AEW as I do now. I, yeah, I don't, I don't really know. Um, and yeah, let, let's, let's give the women characters. It's, and please don't misconstrue that as, well, well, one of them be a plumber and she, <laughs> she got a piper and she gives all their bad wrestlers lessons in plumbing. <laughs> lessons. <laughs> so that's not what we mean. We just mean, you know, who are they? What, what are they? What do you what like are their to motivations? Do? Let's make them a little bit deeper than. What yep. We see. Then uh, here comes the women's division, and they're already in the ring. Like <laughs> what? Anyway, so Kenny, eh, wrong on this one. Matt, uh, <laughs> let's move on. Um, I don't know if we want to dwell too much on it, but Wrestle Kingdom 14. I I think it's still going. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Uh, ten hours this weekend, Mike, of <laughs> Japanese wrestling. Um, absolutely, completely draining. Um, I I love the show. Uh, holy shit, was it hard to wake up and watch ten hours uh, this weekend? Um, that's <laughs> yeah. that is hard work and effort. And and part of me that made me want to do it was our interview uh, a few months ago where. Uh, it was, you know, it was brought to our attention. We need to give more time to New Japan. Um, and I did. And for for all the criticism we have of, of AEW's women's division, like, I, and we watch that on a weekly basis. Um, and we don't know what's going on with Kenny Omega. We don't know what's going on with the characters of, these, of the women's division. Mike, I, obviously, I have no idea what's going on in New Japan. I have to read up on it uh, before each match or like pause it and kind of see how much I can gather before the match starts going. And I'll let you know, I only did that once and I gave up, but um, I had a hell of a time. And uh, you know, we've watched Wrestle Kingdom now. This is uh, the third year in a row for me. Uh, This is my first time watching it as it happened. Um, Yeah. But you know, it, it makes you feel silly why, um, I mean, so many people love New Japan. They love G1 um, and, uh, you know, the Supercard. And then this is just, for me now, this is, this is going to be at the tops of my list of, of things that make me love pro wrestling and everything about the strong style. And, you know, it, it's, it's so weird to watch a match go for 20 minutes to 40 minutes to an hour and not have to see sure the end of the match is just finishers over and over and over but the announcers are making calls so i don't know this about the pro wrestlers i am happy i'm in a safe place right now mike i will admit i don't know every move that naito has but even the announcers are saying what is that what's that move what's he doing and that's what he's doing to try and get over and in one of his matches i love that it's and, and apparently it happens every year so I, all the power to him, but um, Mike, I mean, uh, the, the the notes I, I have here, I, Naito, Jay White, Ibushi, and Okada go two straight nights, and it, it would be very hard to say that any of those matches were below four stars. And then, without knowing anything, you can still go in and know that Okada is booked like John Cena. Right? Yeah. Um, and Ibushi is booked like Dolph Ziggler. <laughs> right. <laughs> I love that guy so much, and it just always feels like he's always an inch short every time. I know. He, he always, like, even though he's, like, 
super buff and ripped. Like, it, it, it still looks like his shoulders are slumping. Um, That's one of my <laughs> favorite things. Like, when he sells, something about the way he knows how to, like, just slink, like, collapse certain bones in his body where he's just, like, yeah. a, they just kinda, like, a, like turning into forward. a puddle. Yeah, because they can't really shrink back. Um, I mean, he actually had one of my favorite – moments was uh okada and ibushi were going at it and slapping each other and what i loved were how many wwe fans reposted this and said can't believe this no sell job but what was going on was (laughs) ibushi was like going next level kind of thing kind of like uh like uh, like an anime thing so okada is punching him or, or maybe it was a drop kick and uh he just stood there he took it and stood there like strength like that's what kept him up or like the the will to win and i oh my god i fucking loved it it was such a great moment um hi another another thing um well so so here's here's what's going on is um you've got naito and switchblade uh and then abushi and okada okada's the uh the iwgp champ and then uh naito and switchblade are going for the intercontinental so the next night Whoever wins those two matches, are, they're going to face each other. And uh, the winner there then becomes double champ. And the coolest thing they did, Mike, that I think the WWE needs to think about doing more of, is that the next night they did Switchblade and Ibushi going at it after Okada and Naito won. Oh, like the, the bronze medal match. Right. Uh, and yeah. obviously it meant nothing except to kind of like jump in the rankings or like kind of boost your character. Uh, and that's where Abushi took another hit down. <laughs> but uh, poor Abushi. Uh, uh, yeah, it probably it probably is uh, Jay White that's that's getting that next shot. But uh, I, I just that Naito moment, and again, me not even knowing too much, but that Okada's book like John Cena, and I like Naito just because I like I've always liked what he does with with the eye there. I, I don't I, I apologize. I don't know enough. I don't know the background behind that, but it always tickled me. Um, I, I just know they're great wrestlers. When I've watched them in the past, what I have to listen to is Japanese commentary. And what I watched this weekend was half Japanese commentary, half English, uh, because somebody that was ripping the stream for me was switching between streams so they wouldn't get caught. It's genius. <laughs> genius um, move. So, yeah, every now and then it would it would switch to English and I'd kind of get some context, but he only did that one for like two minutes and then he'd switch back to Japanese for like 20 minutes. Mama. Um, so that, that's a whole nother experience. But uh, <laughs> all that being said, that was one of the best moments I've seen in pro wrestling is Naito becoming the dual champ, becoming Naito two belts. Um, <laughs> I just, um, I, I really appreciate, and it stinks because I know guys who did it in WWE and they're not, they don't really do it anymore. Guys like Rollins and AJ Styles, like they used to go into a match and you'd be like, what the hell was that maneuver? And it was so much easier in a way it was easier to do in WWE because it's like they train you to not just have, you know, quote unquote your shit, but you have to have like your 20 minutes of moves. So you kind of know, you know, what, what, you know, depending on how far into the match you are, when, you know, what, when and what AJ is going to do. But for it to be expected every year for Naito to like be busting out, you know, new submissions, new suplexes, uh, you know, new um, hand-to-hand combat moves. 
Uh, like, I miss that. And I know that there's guys at WWE who can do that, and they just they discourage you from doing that because they, they think people like that familiarity a little bit more of, you know, what moves are coming next. And it, I think kind of, it's, it's one of those things where I'm not the person who goes to a comedy show. I, I never want to hear the same material. And right. there are people that go absolutely apeshit when their favorite comedian tells their favorite joke. I will never understand that. I want to hear new stories. I want to, I want to know that that comedian was putting in the time. I mean, uh, David Spade has this new talk show, and I know I'm going way off topic. Wow, David Spade. He brought up a joke he told while Car- Johnny Carson was still around, right? And he said, while he's tweeting about this, he still tells that same joke. He's like, yeah, he's holed up, so I have no reason to get new material. I have zero interest in that show now. I, I don't think I'd want to go see David Spade show uh, before I knew this information. Absolutely not now. I, right. I want to see the guy that's that's working really hard, and every time he, he does a show, there's something completely different and new. Um, and that's that's the same for my pro wrestling. And God damn it, I think that's why I hate this Brock Lesnar booking so goddamn much. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I just I, I got to throw out a couple more. Um, Jericho, everybody loved it. I thought it was a little bleh. I, I actually typed up here, Mike. It was solid, forgettable. Uh, it ended with like five minutes of the walls of Jericho. I, I don't need that <laughs> at all. I don't need that in my life. Um, it's fine. It's one of those things where it builds up like that move is actually hurting someone then compared to what the WWE does where everybody just reverses it. Um, you know, very rarely does Chris Jericho actually get someone to tap on that thing, which is why he needed to create the code breaker. But um, yeah, it's just those don't those don't do it for me anymore. Um, I didn't have this in my notes, and I completely regret it. But um, Mike Will Osprey's the real deal. Um, that guy had one of the craziest moves I've ever seen in pro wrestling, um, where he's he's doing the jump over the ropes, and it it wasn't like a Suicina. Um, He's he's doing. Um, so wait, like is the it, his opponent arrow. was on the was on the floor? Yeah, it's like he's doing the red arrow that um, uh, uh, Pac. Pac does. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and he's going over the rope, and the guy who he's trying to do it to, I'm sorry, reverses it, and he goes flying back like 20 feet. So he runs at the ring, and he gets tossed into the ring, and finagles his way between the ropes has so much momentum he runs back to the ropes runs back to the guy jumps over and and lands the move he just tried i i I tweeted it out and it was god it was brilliant um a lot of people don't like like what i saw going on on twitter at the time was uh, and, and what's funny is this is people tweeting at you know five in the morning so they got up to watch this and they're like man i just can't get on board with this shit he there's there's no selling he's too he's moving too much that's not what's happening that's that's something i think so many people just rely on uh maybe maybe these ignorant people that kenny omega is actually talking about like there i've never seen more selling in pro wrestling than in new japan everybody looks like they're about to die especially the last five minutes of a match they look like the the (laughs) the last thing they use to, to, to take out their opponent was also their last breath of air. It, if you are telling yourself there's no selling in New Japan, uh, Wrestle Kingdom, or what have you, you, you might only be thinking of when the Young Bucks are attending the show. 
which I know that's a completely different conversation. I don't want to shit on them right now. Mike, every single match, I'm telling you, was like 60 minutes of like an anime show where these guys, you know, have to summon the energy or the power from somewhere, get it all back, and then they have some, you know, like a spirit bomb, like Goku, that they've got to throw down on their <laughs> opponent to, to get the win. Yeah. And, and think about like Dragon Ball Z would, would pull out, would push out one fight, like 20 episodes. I mean, they, they did that, and their one complaint when I was a kid of, of watching Dragon Ball Z was, come on, just get to the end of the fight. And, and thankfully, you don't have to wait 20 episodes. It's just like a 20-minute match. But every single one, just full of emotion. Both wrestlers would be completely drained by the end. Selling, selling, selling. It made all of those matches fantastic. Um, please, if you can, I shared them on our group page. You can watch it for free. So... You don't even have to say you can't find it. You don't want to pay for it. So I took those streams that I stole it from. I, maybe they're not there anymore, but do yourself a favor. Try and find it on our page and then watch Wrestle Kingdom. Uh, I just, I loved it. Yeah, it's uh, it's encouraging stuff. And anytime you can forget you're there for 10 freaking hours, uh, something's going right. Um, Mick, how, how close are we on time right now? We're over. All right, well, let's do this. Uh, we'll talk <laughs> oh, wait, about we've the. Got, uh, we've got four minutes. I'm sorry. I'm looking at uh, the wrong clock. Well, let's do this. Um, State of WWE, we'll talk about next time because I think we touched on the best parts um, as far as building up McIntyre. Um, let's talk about the Wednesday Night Wars. Um, then we'll, we'll close out the show with this. So, Matt, uh, I took AEW this week. I, I, I don't know if you're getting disenfranchised, uh, disenchanted with AEW, but I, I got you. Um, and then you had NXT. So uh, something kind of fun we like to do because it is a lot of wrestling you got to keep up with. So we tried to kind of share the wealth here. Um, top three moments from each show. And, Matt, I'm going to let you go first. Uh, number three moment from NXT. I realized I didn't put these uh, in order. Okay, let's just go. Number three was uh, I think the start of the night. We'll kind of just wrap this all together. There is the segment and then the match. Uh, Ripley, Tony Storm, Candice LeRae versus Kaylee Ray, Io Shirai, and Bianca Belair. Um, what I enjoyed is that all of these ladies had an opportunity to introduce themselves, uh, build up their character, and tell us why they should be fighting for the title. It's pretty nice, huh? Um, and then we got <laughs> to see a showcase of all of their talents and why they should be involved in this conversation. And I think, I think we all know Rhea Ripley and Tony Storm can go. Uh, I think Candice LeRae is making her way up. Kaylee Ray, she's fantastic. I, I, I think she's in her, her spot already, though. I, I don't know if she needs to be touching Rhea Ripley. Bianca Belair, fine. Like, she's probably going to get another shot. I'm getting kind of exhausted. Um, I think if you were going to make her champion, um, you know, it was pretty tough to have her go over Shayna. I don't know if she's also the right gal to go over Rhea Ripley. So then all we're doing is putting her up to lose again, which then we're just turning Bianca Belair into Mia Yim. So, <laughs> Mike, where, who's left is Io Shirai. Um, I think if anybody walked away from this segment um, looking like a million bucks, give it to Io. Um, I, 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 I can't, I don't know. I can't yeah. put the blocks or the puzzle pieces in any other way in my head. Uh, it's got to be Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. I think that 
whatever the next takeover is, I got a little confused watching the show because I was in and out. <laughs> but um, that next takeover has to be EO versus Rhea. Yeah. Your number um, three? I see four yeah. uh, things on your notes. So Yeah, I, I had so many favorites. I, I made a top four. One of them might not make it. I don't know why I've turned into 10 Robs. I, I made a top – I know it was a three. I made a four. and I don't know, maybe uh, one. The four might be a little bit of a mud Fours or threes. I don't know why everybody's getting so crazy about. Um, so my number three moment, it's Moxley teasing. Uh, a little bit of a spoiler, but uh, I think I'm saving some people a little time. Moxley teasing his alliance with the inner circle. Um, oh it was God, the last segment, segment of the night. It was so really – long. It was so – it was weird because um, – WWE is super guilty of this where it's, you know, Monday Night Raw, you've already been watching for three freaking hours. <laughs> and then at 11.00 o'clock, like nobody's been pinned yet. The camera's not turning away. And then it's 11.02, four, five, six. Oh, there's the finish. Okay, we went over a little bit. But this was weird because Moxley joined at like 9.55. And then for like seven fucking minutes, they were just walking around the ring, drinking the bubbly laughing it up and like finally at like 10.05 he's like oh yeah Jericho I have one more stipulation before I join the inner circle oh oh yeah what's that I'm not joining and then he he beat him up (laughs) (laughs) and it's okay to do that like you know we all like the the tease you know Moxley had the inner circle shirt on and we're like, oh, no, don't join the bad guys. And be, you're a rebel, you know. And then we're all like, what? He joined him. Oh, no. <laughs> and then we were like, well, like, this is going long. I, I guess he is joining him. And then, like, it killed the payoff because then we were just kind of like, oh, huh, well, all right. And nobody knew what to do. Nobody was clapping. Nobody was booing. They're just kind of like, oh, all right. Well, thanks for we're sticking past 10 o'clock and that was the end of the show so i like the idea that storyline makes sense but the timing the production was really weird because arguably some people might have turned it off because there wasn't really like a, you know that camera tease where you're like oh man something's gonna happen he's gonna do it they're just kind of having a good time so i mean it was the sell of it was so weird like you could open next wednesday and moxley's like Ah, I was just kidding. I'm joining the inner circle and everything would be okay. That <laughs> <laughs> was just kind of weird. Like important going forward for, you know, pay-per-views and stuff. But I don't know. The production was weird. Matt, what was your number two moment for NXT? Uh, number two, I'm going to I'm gonna go with that fatal four-way because uh, the number one, I, I just was really excited about who won. But uh, num- number two, uh, Keith Lee getting the win and now he's going to face Roddy Strong. Um, I just... Yeah, that, that, that to me, that was fun. It was a good match. Uh, you, you really can't go wrong with the Fatal 4-Way with the talent in NXT. But then, you know, Keith Lee and, and Dijakovic, I think I could watch them fight forever. Um, two behemoths that fly around the ring like Rey Mysterio. I, yeah, I mean, they actually have the strength to pull off their own moves and do everything else that Mysterio does. Um, quite a... Dynamic set of skills there for two, two guys that are uh, honestly they shouldn't be in NXT too long. I think they they have that star power. Uh, maybe could have been my number one, but I'll, I'll explain why I picked my number one in a sec. Okay. Uh, yeah, my number two. I'm 
it was it was a little weird, uh, but I, I think storyline wise, it was really kind of funny. Um, it was DDP basically getting a ten minute commercial for his yoga. <laughs> <laughs> um, he MJF was out there, uh, you know, throwing some shade at Cody for not committing to fighting MJF at Bash at the Beach, um, and. <laughs> Instead of Cody coming out, instead of, you know, Dustin coming out, instead of even Arn Anderson come out, DDP comes out. Um, it basically says every acronym you can associate with him. DDP, DDPY, DDP, USA, MJF, <laughs> AEW, WCW. Um, and the whole time MJF's just in the corner rolling his eyes. Um, at one point... <laughs> He pulled out his phone and started texting. <laughs> um, and, you know, the playoff was that DDP is the, you know, is the old legend. And uh, MJF finally got to, you know, uh, throw the shade at DDP. Um, got the booze like he was supposed to. And DDP got some offense in on that new tag team, the Blade and the Bunny. And all sorts of, you know, the guy with the monocle. Um, and then DDP ended up getting beat up. But... Matt, I have this at my number two because it takes a lot of effort to get a crowd, a wrestling crowd, to chant yoga, yoga, yoga. <laughs> Even DDP <laughs> broke character when that started happening. So hats off to the AEW faithful for the yoga, yoga, yoga chant. <laughs> Matt, uh, the end of your list, number one moment in NXT this week, what did we see? Well, it's funny is I, I, I start this off by saying, oh, I didn't put them in order. And then I realized I did. Um, <laughs> Imperium defeating uh, the Forgotten Sons. So the reason why this is number one for me is a little personal because the two of us really, really liked Marcel Bartel and Fabian Eichner. Yeah. Um, and you could make the argument that before Imperium, they were on the same sort of track that the Forgotten Sons were on. So to see them go over the Forgotten Sons was kind of just this culmination of, of a couple, uh, maybe a year and a half of watching uh, the characters grow or maybe decline um, between these two teams. I think the Forgotten Sons are done. I, I don't know what else you do with this team. They can't make it to the second round of the Dusty Classic and they're, they're a tag team, right? That's primarily what they That's do. That's their specialty. Uh, but yeah, this this was kind of just that, okay, out of these four, and, and Bartel and Eichner looked really strong, really strong. So you could walk away from that and go, like, take away what the storyline was or what this meant for me personally as a fan of those two guys. Um, maybe, maybe it wasn't that great of a segment, but to define these guys, um, and they have a ton of talent, but to define them as dominant, I would say over the Forgotten Sons, means a lot and they i don't know we, we haven't really put a thumb on what's going on with gargano and undisputed era and champa but eventually right these guys are making a move somewhere oh i just scared myself with my own shadow i can't believe i just did that <laughs> um oh <laughs> uh, so there's got to be movement somewhere and they can't just right they're not going to be static with the same roster um so like that being said i i think they do need to build up imperium and and the we've discussed before how they didn't really look that strong outside of walter so now yeah. you've got 
a team that's at least won a match and looked pretty dominant. So I, I'm personally, I'm really excited. That was the biggest pop I gave because I totally could have seen because they're the NXT UK guys that the Forgotten Sons were going to move on. Um, but I think, yeah, the other the other define, defining element of this is that NXT UK is now just a part of NXT. They still say it, but I think I think that's a big element here. Yeah, I mean, Tony Storm, um, you know, uh, Imperium, of course. Um, Gallus. Gallus, yeah. I, I, oh, man, I'm such a Gallus, Mark. Um, anyway. Not, not uh, a great match uh, yeah. yesterday, but uh, pretty, pretty good. They So one of the problems, I'll say, with the Gallus match um, was <laughs> – was listening to Coffee Yell, This Is Our Kingdom, and it doesn't quite hit the mark when you're not in the United Kingdom. Like I, it, I think he meant the general idea of professional wrestling. Yeah, like it just didn't make sense. So he's he's yelling it at um at Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly, and I, if I was one of them, I just would have been like, fine, I, we're the champs, I don't care. <laughs> it's your kingdom. <laughs> Um, no, it's your number one from AEW, Mike. And just real quick, I just wish that wasn't a first rounder. I, I wish that uh, you know Joe Coffey was in the finals. I, I'm such a big mark for that guy. I think he's great, even though I know his his, little, his catchphrase wasn't appropriate for the the moment. <laughs> anyway, uh, my number one was an actual wrestling match. I, I know I've been doing promos uh, for AEW, but it's just it's fun storytelling. It's it's hard to not pick one of those, Matt. <laughs> The pops that Orange Cassidy gets, I don't even know what to compare it to anymore. Uh, I jokingly said it was that he was more over than The Fiend. Matt, this was like when The Rock came out uh, to help, before everyone booed Roman Reigns. When The Rock came out at the Royal Rumble and everyone just said, Oh my God, it's a Rock! Uh, like, <laughs> the tag, you know, it's the usual, you know, uh, getting some heat on his opponents and Orange Cassidy was the hot tag. And Matt, he got hot tagged against the Luchasaurus. <laughs> Orange Cassidy, they meet in the middle of the ring. The crowd is already chanting, holy shit, holy shit. And even I was kind of like, oh my God, Orange Cassidy's going to fight a dinosaur. And then <laughs> Cassidy throws his hands in the sky. And then uh, kind of like, you know, Daniel Bryan's like sizing up the big kick. People going, oh, and Cassidy then thrusts his hands into his pockets, you know, his trademark look. Then he starts to do his kick uh, sequence. Kick from the right, kick from the left. Then he steps back for this big super kick. Luchasaurus grabs him by the throat. And Matt, I, I almost fell out of my chair. The crowd turned on the Luchasaurus. <laughs> I was like, what? Great mistake. <laughs> yeah, you can't touch George Cassidy. Like, he grabbed him by the throat, and then the crowd just, boo! And he saw Luchasaurus kind of, like, have to recover for a second. Like, what? I'm the Luchasaurus. What are you booing me for? Yeah. <laughs> he looked really hurt by that uh, reaction. Um, but, you know, he went up for, a, a, you know, some sort of hanging suplex, and it got reversed into uh, kind of a, a stunner, if you will. Uh, Lucha takes a, a tumble outside the ring. Uh, Cassidy does his hands in the pockets. Uh, Suicina. And the crowd absolutely loved it. Um, but uh, the other cool thing was the commentary team actually commented on, wow, that was a big pop. <laughs> and I, I, I just, I don't think the gimmick works if the guy's not 100% committed to it all the time. 
you know, um, and he definitely is. It definitely is as funny as Damien Sandow when he was the stunt double for The Miz. Um, the crowd wants this guy to succeed so much. But, again, if the commitment wasn't there, if if you didn't know that he could also wrestle, like, the things he does, you need to be able to wrestle. Like, hands-in-your-pocket suicinas are not easy to do. Um, <laughs> and the way he just lets his body go off into the wind, like, with fake careless disregard he's actually really safe about the way he throws his body through the ropes for those suicinas yeah um it's it's just such a treat to watch it doesn't even matter who wins like you're just gonna remember that moment you're gonna remember cheering for a guy who you know puts his hands in his pockets to fight a dinosaur it, it was the main event of aew it deserved to be the main event um i'm just i'm glad that the producers of that show realize what kind of energy this weird interaction could get and, and and that they're pushing it the way they do. Um, so if you don't have time to watch 10 hours of Japanese, you know, wrestle kingdom, you don't want to watch Raw and SmackDown. You don't want to watch all of NXT and AEW, at least watch these six highlights that we're talking about and make a moment for this orange Cassidy. Cause I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't see the magic in this weird, weird gimmick. Matt, that is the end of this show. (laughs) Well, real quick, I I put out there, uh, give me your bold predictions for the new year. Uh, We got a great one here, Mike, from uh, Patrick D. WWE as a whole still going to suck. But with a few dis- <laughs> decent things from NXT. And then uh, the triumphant return, Mike, of Eduardo. Eduardo! Mike, CM Punk is going to enter the Royal Rumble. Oh, man, that is, that is a bold prediction. Paul Heyman's going to turn on Brock Lesnar and help CM Punk beat Brock Lesnar. Kind of wow. going back to that Money in the Bank uh, Talk about putting a 14-inch dingus on the table. That was a bold <laughs> prediction. <laughs> Mike, do you have a bold prediction right now? I don't know how I topped the CM Punk one. That was pretty great. <laughs> um, I'm there's nothing though. No. That is the best prediction. That is the boldest thing. We're gonna have to go to the writers' room and come up with better ones for next week. Thank you, Eduardo. Welcome back to the Brothers of Discussion. Matt, let's round it out and go off into the sunset. All right. See you later, everybody.